Hi, everybody. I'm hoping that you will bear with me today. I may be a little irreverent at some times, but it's for a good cause. Okay, so we're all together on that. Recently, I learned a new word. Now, I don't know if you've heard this or not, because it was new to me. It's called mercy watching. I bet you might have done some mercy. I know I have done some mercy watching. It's when you watch something, say a movie or another piece of media, and you do it because you want to support the underlying message or the people creating it. But when it comes to telling the story or the presentation itself, it just doesn't quite measure up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. See, we've got some mercy watchers out there. Uh, and, and it's become so prevalent, there's actually a word for it, right? So that's, that's a little bizarre, but it's okay. It's all right. I say we don't have to mercy watch anymore. We need to tell our stories in a great way that captures everybody, not just the mercy watchers, but everybody. You know, humans thrive on stories, especially great stories. We can't help it. It was born in us, right? From the time that our ancestors sat around those campfires telling the stories about, you know, defeating the dinosaur, whatever they did, right? And then they'd go home and write them on the cave walls. And we've seen those, right? So since that time, we have been writing our stories on papyrus, on paper, and now in cyberspace. We've always used the best media. I bet if you think about it, you can remember some of the stories from your childhood. How about Harry Potter, Star Wars, Cinderella? Am I right? Right? You probably even saw the movie. How many of you saw the movie more than once, right? So those are the stories that stick with us. Stories are so important and enduring. It's important that we pay attention to how we tell them and what the stories actually are. Now, what are the stories of the day? You know, and how do they stack up? What are the big stories? So let's take a look at that by just looking at two stories about startups. Okay, so the first one, it begins with a gentleman from the Middle East. Israel, a small town in Israel. And he was an entrepreneur and an unlikely one at that. So the year was 1996 and he was in the toy business. I bet you thought I was going somewhere else with that, right? So he was in the toy business and he acquired an undervalued company called Marvel Comics. And soon he became the founder and CEO of something called Marvel Studios. And we know what happened after that. He was a man with a plan. And so let's see how his business actually did. Um, you know, it was mostly movies. And so when you measure movies, you do that by the money they make and their success is recorded in dollars. So we'll use that as our gauge. Avengers Endgame, which is the largest grossing movie of all time, has taken in about $2.8 billion. That's a billion dollars on opening weekend alone. A lot of money. And no fewer than seven Marvel movies have grossed more than a billion dollars each. And all 22 have made more than $100 million each. That's quite an impact. Now, the second story I want to tell you about, and full disclosure here, my friend actually started this, this startup. 
So I, I don't want you to think it's like colored by any sort of personal connections, but it is a little bit. Okay, so I'll tell you this story. So as a kid, he was a precocious boy and kind of ran away, got in trouble, all sorts of things. And then he sort of settled down and followed his father's footsteps to learn that trade in their small town. Well, that really wasn't his calling. It wasn't in his heart. You know, we are all moved by the passions inside us. And, and he was too, like so many entrepreneurs of our day. And so what he eventually does was sort of related to the family business, but it wasn't that trade. So he worked at it and his mom was behind him the whole way. You know, how many of you have moms that are behind you the whole way, right? They're like, yeah, you can go do this. And in fact, his first big miracle deal came when she convinced other people to listen to him and to kind of do what he told them to do. And so his company grew. He worked really hard. His company grew and, and it, it grew to about 12 people. And so they were, they were humming along and things were going fine. And then tragedy struck and he died, right? Uh, but because he was such a good business leader, he had put a succession plan in place. And so he had intended that they carry on, even if for some reason he wasn't there. And um, they weren't really sure. They were like, well, I don't know. We can do this or not. Well, they got together and luckily they continued on, right? And so things were thriving in the local area. So boldly, they decided to take the business worldwide. They decided to leverage innovation and to do what they had to do. They created different verticals. There was education and healthcare, social welfare, lots of different kinds of ways of engaging, always focused on the human flourishing. And you probably have guessed by now that the second startup founder was Jesus, my friend, right? And his company was his church. Now, you can't really measure the impact of the church in dollars and cents the way you can Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's a way for us to understand that there is more impact in the world sometimes uh, when you're not just looking at the dollars and cents. And so as we, as we look at those two stories, they tell us that there are different ways of approaching it, but there's also a common theme here, and that is that they started small and that they grew into impact in different ways. So as the, the latter story sort of concludes, we look at where we are today. Now, Marvel's Cinematic Universe began in 2008 with Iron Man as the first movie. And within 12 years, they had created what is arguably the, one of the most recognizable brands on the planet. They have um, characters like Ant-Man, Black Widow, Captain America with his vibranium shield, and they have Thor with his gigantic hammer. Any of you seen any of those movies? Good, all right. So, um, no wonder they're killing it. They just have all the best characters, right? No, they really don't. If you think about the other startup story, right? The one about Jesus, if you think about the characters there, um, it sort of puts theirs to shame. We have the greatest story ever told. We just need to tell it in a very compelling way. And so when you look at our origin story versus theirs, our hero, Jesus, he wasn't created by a radiation accident or being cryogenically frozen. He's consubstantial with God of the universe. He was born of a virgin by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And his powers, they're limitless. 
He can create worlds and destroy them. He can turn light into dark. And he can love each one of us personally. He can even show us our own superpowers that he gave us. Incredible. And let's talk about villains for a minute. When we're talking about stories, you always have to have a villain, right? Our villain is the ultimate villain. Our villain makes their villain, Thanos, look like a humanitarian. After all, Thanos Thanos only wants to wipe out half the world's population. Our devil is out to get us all. And that's not it. We have all the other good guys, right? We have billions of holy people, tens of thousands of named saints. We have the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, all with their own stories. And then we have other angels, legions of them. So if we have these amazing characters and this awesome story that is true, by the way, and changes lives not just for 90 minutes, but for eternity, then why aren't we resonating with people the way we should? For instance, American and European audiences, they're not getting the story the way they used to. It's not resonating. And so you can tell that by the, by the numbers there. 54% of Americans have seen an Avengers movie, but nearly that exact same percentage has either read little or none of the Bible. Jesus' story is a fabulous story. It's great. It has moved the universe in our world. And today, even our calendars revolve around it. It has been so impactful. But his story, at least the way we tell it, isn't resonating with people the way it should. And that's on us. As we move forward, let's think about how we can find models that might work. For instance, let's say 50 years ago, there was a a smart businessman and he sketched out his business model on a piece of paper. It was the Disney business model made by Walt himself. Now he figured out how to tell stories with an integrated approach. He made the stories real. They came to life for people. Sure, there'd be books and comics, but there would also be movies, experiences at theme parks, magazines, TV, and even the Mickey Mouse Club, right? So it would all work together in a magical experience. And guess what? Disney owns Marvel today. Now, a lot has changed since that map was sketched out 50 years ago. And Disney has used those changes to propel Marvel to the top. So let's take a look at the tools that Disney uses today to continue to build that brand. They stream TV and movies right into your homes or on your screens wherever in the world you are. They use social media campaigns and they use memes. And they even use merchandise, right? We've all seen the merchandise on teenagers walking down the street, turning every teenager into a walking billboard for the brand. In fact, the company has been so successful with those sorts of things that $65 billion a year is about the average income for Disney, which is more than the top five banks in Europe combined. So they've done that. And and where are we with telling our story? We've got apostolates that tell stories. But again, the question of mercy watching always comes to the fore. And so when I think about those things, I, I, I tend to think, what can we look to as, as sort of our heroes in that space? 
And I, I like to think about St. Maximilian Kolbe, right? St. Maximilian Kolbe was a guy who built the largest media postulate in the early 20th century using the latest technology. He had a worldwide ministry. And what a lot of people may recognize him for is that he sacrificed himself to save the life of another at Auschwitz death camp. He gave his life up willingly to save this other man. But what most people don't realize is that St. Maximilian Kolbe had a dream and his dream is yet unfulfilled. His dream was, you guessed it, to have a movie studio. He wanted to make movies and to tell our story in a way that would resonate with people either in their homes, but they didn't have streaming at that time. He wanted to use the latest technologies to reach people. And he did that in building out his apostolate. He had print, he had radio, he had all of the technologies of the time. And that's why he wanted a movie studio. Because about the same time that he had this idea, Disney was starting his movie studio. Can you only imagine how much momentum our story would have gained if we'd had the last hundred years of the Max Colby company telling the Jesus story to people in a way that resonated around the world? So those are some of the things that I think are important that we consider as we move forward. So how would we put all of this into action? How would we make it really come to life for us? There, there's a way that we can do that. And I think it's by building a new map for the new evangelization, a blueprint for success really reaching people in the digital age. You know, I think it's a call to action for all creatives to take this story to the farthest corners of the blogosphere and to tell it. And what do I mean by creatives? Do I mean you have to be Walt Disney or a producer from Marvel? No. Each one of us in our own particular way is a creative if we tell our story with conviction and with authenticity that reaches people. I don't care if you are talking with your friend and sharing the story or posting it on social media or making an epic movie. It's all the same. It's us still sitting around that campfire together telling our stories and moving one another with that. We can do it. We need a new map that marks out the path to people's hearts so that we can reach them in a real way. We need to finish the vision that St. Maximilian Kolbe had for us in reaching people in whichever way the technology emerged. We need to leverage that in a way that we know works. And so I will invite all of you to join us. We are working on that map. We don't have it completed yet, but we're making good progress toward it. We can do it. University of St. Thomas from Houston has committed to that great adventure of creating content that moves the world by telling Jesus' story in an authentic way. Join us with your own superpowers in telling the story the way you tell it authentically. It's time for the world to see God's cinematic universe. Thank you.